I think it is. Uh, let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter. And we're going to talk tonight about Jesus being the antidote for the devil's poison. Jesus is the antidote for the devil's poison. You know, an antidote is a remedy to counteract poison. An antidote is a remedy to counteract poison. Now notice in Romans, the fifth chapter in the twelfth verse, says, Therefore, just as through one man, that's talking about Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and, and thus death, or we could say poison, spread. See, poison will spread. Poison spread to all men, all mankind, because all sinned. So you see, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, when he and Eve sinned, sin entered the world. And death through sin, and then you see that death, that poison has spread to all mankind. Well, whenever somebody takes poison, you know, accidentally, in very many cases, there's antidotes. And that's a remedy to counteract it. To counteract it. And in verse 15 here, it says, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, if by Adam's offense, many died or many were poisoned, much more the grace, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded too many. Notice it didn't say to all. It's available to all, but it only abounds towards those who receive him. So, the devil poisoned us through Adam and Eve and their sin. But Jesus came, died on the cross, was buried, rose from the dead, shed his blood, you know, and all of that. And uh, he is the antidote for the devil's poison. I'm so glad there's an antidote. How about you? I'm just so glad there's an antidote. If there wasn't an antidote, then we'd all have to go to hell, wouldn't we? We'd all have to go to hell. We'd all have to, when sickness hit our body, we'd, all have, we'd, have, to, we'd have to endure it. We'd have to bear it, wouldn't we? But you know, there is an antidote for sin, an antidote for sickness, an antidote for poverty, an antidote for mental anguish. His name is Jesus, you know. And we need to be reminded of that. You know, there's an answer for this dark world in which we live. And His name is Jesus. If you haven't guessed by now, the world is getting darker. It's getting nastier out there. It's getting worse. Things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. But there's an antidote. Amen. There's an antidote to the darkness, and it's the light. Jesus is the light, you know, that's come into the world. We need to always keep ourselves stirred up about that and thankful that there is an antidote. His name is Jesus. Amen. And then, you know, what I want to do is I want to look at, at, at three Old Testament types. You can learn a lot from looking at the Old Testament types which point to the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's notice some types of poison, if you will, in the Old Testament, we'll see how Jesus 
is the antidote. Notice, if you would, 2 Kings, the 4th chapter, and the 38th verse. 2 Kings, the 4th chapter, and the 38th verse says, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. So one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, though they did not know what they were. Has anybody ever gone hunting for mushrooms? You better know what you're doing. You don't want me picking your mushrooms for you. Because I don't know anything about mushrooms. And I'm liable to pick them, and they're poison. Now, Russ, you hunt mushrooms? Do you know, you know the difference between a good one and a bad one? Well, he knows. So you'd want to ask him, not me. Do you know the difference? No, don't ask my wife. She, she don't know either. But, uh, but Russ knows. But, you know, I've heard you eat. If you, can, if you eat poisonous mushrooms, that's not a good thing. Can that kill you? Don't eat it. Um... But they sliced this up into the stew. Verse 40. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew that they cried out and said, Man of God, there's death in the pot. There's death in the pot. There's poison in the pot. There's death in the pot. There's poison in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, then bring some flour. Now notice flour. Bring some flour. And he put it into the pot. Notice he put flour into the pot. Now that pot is poison. It's got poison in it. There's death in the pot. There's poison in the pot. There's death in the pot. He says, bring some flour. And he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Now, how could flour do that? Well, that flour, do you ever, you know, that flour is, the main ingredient in bread is flour. And Jesus is the bread of life, isn't he? So we can connect that flour very easily to bread. And Jesus is the bread of life. And so when he put that flour in there, that flour is a type of Christ. See, if there's death in the pot, all you need is Jesus to get in there. Did you hear me? All you need to do is have Jesus get in that pot, and then you can eat it and it won't be harmful to you. But you don't want to to fool with that, what's in that pot, if you don't put the flour in there. Because there's death. But that flour goes in there. That flour, again, bread, main ingredient bread is flour. And Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus said, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. So you see, this is just an Old Testament type or showing us that Jesus is the antidote to the devil's poison. 
Maybe there's poison in your pot tonight. Maybe there's death in your pot. Have you ever felt like there's death in the pot? (laughs) Maybe there's lack in the pot. I don't know. But whatever's in your pot that's not good, if it's death or whatever like that, well, thank God, Jesus is the antidote. And they put that flower in there. Notice they put that flower. He didn't tell them to go out and get a new batch of stew. He put the flower in there and it, and it, and it, it was an antidote, see. Now, you don't want to eat that unless the man of God does it. And, you know, I mean, you want the Holy Ghost involved. Do you see what I'm saying? But it was unctioned by the Holy Spirit. The man of God said, see, probably in normal instances, they would have just said, well, just throw that pot out. Let's go get another one. But when the Holy Ghost is in something, when Jesus gets in the middle of it, then it'll be all right. Amen. Now, here's another one. In Exodus, the 15th chapter and the 22nd verse. Exodus, the 15th chapter and the 22nd verse. Exodus, Exodus, the 15th chapter and the 22nd verse. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. That's, that's, that's not good. Now when they came to Marah, They could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. It's like water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Bitter. Poison, bitter. Can't drink it. Verse 24, And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Does anybody know what Jesus was crucified on? A cross, and that cross is made out of a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made what? They were made sweet, weren't they? See, the cross of Christ is an antidote for sin, praise God. And you see, this tree made the bitter sweet. See, Jesus will take the bitter and make it sweet. Maybe you're here tonight, and there's some bitter things in your life. Well, Jesus will make the bitter sweet. Sweet. Remember I told you under the unction of the Spirit of God, right as we came down on the end of 09, I said that we'd face some lemons in 2010. But what do we do with lemons? We make lemonade. Amen. And I also told you by the Spirit of God that we'd face some stumbling blocks. But what do we do with stumbling blocks? We turn them into stepping stones. Didn't we tell you that? And I know some of you have run into some lemons. Some of you have run into some stumbling blocks. But bless God, we turn them into lemonade and stepping stones. Amen. Why? Because we have Jesus, bless God. And as long as we have Jesus, we have the antidote for whatever dish the devil serves up. Did you hear me? Pastor, I've sinned. What am I going to do? Repent and ask Jesus to forgive you and he'll forgive you, bless God. Well, pastor, I've been hit with sickness in my body or in my mind. Well, call on Jesus. He's the antidote. Bless God. Uh, He he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our uh, iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. Bless God. 
That healing power is still available. Did you hear me? But Jesus is the antidote to sickness and disease. Well, there's lack, Pastor. There's lack. Well, you got to do some natural things. You know, you can't just run up credit card debt and expect to believe God to, to, just, to just bless stupidity. Is that right? Now, is that right? I shouldn't st- say stupidity. Ignorance. That's a better word. How's that? You know, but, but you can't just run up debt and then curse the debt and expect it to leave. But I tell you what, if you've made some mistakes in finances and you, you see you've made the mistakes and you've learned, hey, oh, I can't do that. I can't run up debt. I can't, you know, and you make those adjustments. And you start turning toward God and His Word. You know, His Word has a lot to say about money. Jesus had a lot to say about money. Joyce Meyer's teaching right now on money. You ought to watch some of those things. I mean, it's really good. And I've been preaching those things for a long time, too. You know, you can't... Miracle debt cancellation. You can't believe God for that. There's no such thing. You've got two cases in the Bible, I think, where that happened. But you can't build doctrine on that. Do you understand that? But you can... If you've seen you've messed up in finances, you can make some changes. You can make some adjustments. Did you hear me? And, and, and you can right, right those wrongs. Yeah, but pastor, I've righted the wrongs and I'm still coming up a little bit short. Well, that's where the power of God comes in. That's where Jesus is the antidote comes in, bless God. He's still the provider. Let's don't lose sight of the fact that he's still in the providing business. He's the antidote for financial lack. Did you hear me? Let's don't, let's don't forget that. He's still in the miracle working business. All I'm trying to tell you is, is if you do silly things in the natural and expect God to just miraculously bail you out all the time, it doesn't work that way. But if you're doing all you know to do, then you can turn to God and His miracle power will go into operation and He'll help you out. It might be he'll get you a promotion. It might be he'll get you a bonus. It might be that he'll, he'll move on you to have somebody fire you and you're crying. And then somebody else comes along and offers you a better job, bless God. And you wouldn't have got the better job if you hadn't have got fired. There's times in my life, uh, there was one job I wanted at the Rockwood School District. I wanted that job since I was a kid. And, and they wouldn't give me the time of day. And then I taught a class at Merrimack and I had the president of the school board right there in my class of Rockwood School District. I don't know how she got in my class, but she was there. And she said, would you like to teach in Rockwood School District? And I said, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. This goes back many years. She writes me a letter and now everybody's giving me the time of day. I go in to interview and tell Diane, there's no way I can't not get hired now, the president wrote me a letter that I'm in. All I got to do is show up and, and just, just show up. And you know what? I showed up to two interviews. The letters came back and I didn't get either job. And I was crying, tears. I got, Diane got tired of listening to me cry, so I went over and cried on my mother's shoulder. But you know what? We look back all these years later and you see God didn't want me teaching there. If I'd have been teaching there, this church wouldn't have been here today. We started our church in the Rockwood School District. There's times I had to kind of lovingly stand up against them to get the rooms we needed. And if I was working there, guess what? I couldn't have stood up and demanded what we needed. They'd have fired me. Can you see that? And at the time, I couldn't understand it, but I could see, looking back on it now, God never wanted me to work there to start with, you see. 
Sometimes we're crying over stuff and we're upset because things didn't go our way in a certain situation, but we look back at it all those years later and you see God was never in it to start with. Did you hear me? Well, I could see He wasn't ever in that to start with. And, uh, but, but bless God, I look back at it now and I laugh about it, but at the time it sure wasn't a whole lot of fun when I was going through it. Because how am I going to support my family? But then I remember I just sent a resume in to this certain Hancock School District. I just scribbled it out and sent it in. Didn't even because after I president couldn't get me in, I didn't care anymore. So I just scribbled an application together. I'm not telling you to do this, but I scribbled it in and I sent it over there. And about three weeks later, I get a call. You want to come to work for a Hancock School District? And I worked there for four years until we got the church going. Listen, if God doesn't want you in, uh, you're not going to get in. If God wants you in, you'll get in. And I needed that job, and he got me in there, you see. Just like he got the job for me down at Tulsa. I worked at Tulsa Junior College for two years while we were going to Bible school. There's no way that I should have ever had the job I had down there. God got that for me. It was miraculous. God got it for me. I walked in right off the street, and they hired me into a junior college teaching position. I don't mean high school or or junior high. I'm talking junior college. I really needed a master's degree for that job, and all I have is a bachelor's, you see. But you see, God wanted that wanted me in there, and he got that job for me. I'll never forget it all the days of my life. I'd have been down there, I'd have been flipping hamburgers if it hadn't have been, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'd have been flipping hamburgers if God hadn't have come through for me. He came through for me. He's done it again and again and again and again and again. I don't know, I just feel somebody here tonight needs to be encouraged a little bit with this tonight. He is in the providing business. So don't ever lose sight of that. If the devil has poisoned your pot with poverty and lack, look to Jesus. He's the antidote to that. Did you hear me? I said he's the antidote to it. If he's hit your body with sickness or disease, he's the antidote to that. Jesus is. If the devil's hit your mind with oppression or depression, Jesus is the antidote to it. Bless God. He's the only antidote. Confucius is not the antidote. Harry Christian is not the antidote. Is that right? Sun Young Moon's not the antidote. Allah's not the antidote. Muhammad's not the antidote. Jesus is the antidote. For anything the devil serves up, when the devil serves something up, and you've got to learn something about the devil, when he serves something up, it looks great. It looks wonderful. It looks fantastic. He's a master of deception. And he serves it up. And you bite into it. And you find out it's what? It's poison. But there's good news. I got good news for you tonight. Jesus is the antidote. I don't care what you're facing. Jesus has the answer. The answer is in this book, the B-I-B-L-E. Did you hear me? But I want to tell you just on my heart. The devil will serve it up. It'll look great. Look wonderful. And you bite it. I know I've bit into some of the pies the devil served up over the years. It looks so good. It looks so wonderful. Next thing you know, you got poison. Well, isn't it good we can repent? And we can cry out to Jesus. And he's the antidote. And he'll get us out of the mess we got ourselves in. Is that right? How many has ever got into a mess besides me? 
Well, you know what? I've been in some messes and I've been in so deep sometimes I didn't know how I was going to get out. But you know what? Jesus got me out. Bless God. Why? Because he's the antidote. Amen. Well, I'm glad I came. I could quit right now and be glad I came. How about you? But let's go on a little bit further. So you see there was, there was poison in the pot. But when the tree hit it, and that tree is a type of the cross of Christ, you see man was poisoned through Adam's sin. The devil working on Eve and deceiving her, and then Adam you know, eating of the tree, and poison enters in, and, and we're poisoned. But then Jesus came all those thousands of years later, and he died on the cross and shed his blood. And as he's dying on the cross, he's our antidote, you see. He's our antidote. He's the antidote, that cross there, that tree that went into that water that made the bitter water sweet. See, that's a type of the cross of Christ. And that cross is just as powerful tonight as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus died upon it. Can you say amen? And so that tree, see the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Bless God. And uh, he hung on the tree, he hung on the cross so that the antidote could be provided. And then the Bible goes on and says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. See, the, the antidote not only counteracts the poison, Jesus not only counteracts the poison of the devil, but that antidote also brings blessing to our life. Amen. And we could go on and on and on. The Bible says we have peace with God through the blood of his cross. See, not only does the cross and the blood of Christ counteract the poison of the devil, but it causes blessing, it causes peace between us and God. The Bible also says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. See, there was poison between us and God. That poison was sin and death. But Jesus came and died on the cross. And when he did, he took those handwriting of ordinances that were against us and he nailed it to the cross, bless God. And the forgiveness of God has now been shed forth, bless God. And it's an antidote to the devil's sin. Amen, I'm excited. I'm as excited about it tonight as I've ever been. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's look at another type. Numbers 21. Numbers 21, verse 5. Numbers 21, verse 5. Notice this, if you would. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. You know, I, I've, always, I've always been uh, very, very, very afraid. And that's the only word that fits. I've always been afraid to speak against... How many is afraid to speak against God? Huh? Now, honestly, how many is afraid to speak against God? But how many times will we speak against God's representative? That is just so dangerous. Did you hear me? And, and to tell you the truth, uh, when you speak against Moses, you're speaking against God. God takes it personal. Now listen to me. Is everybody listening to me here now? When Saul was persecuting the church, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He takes it personal. 
Now, I tell you what, I, I, I'll just say this. I'd be scared. That's the only word. I'd be scared to talk against this man that sits here on the second row. You know why? There's a couple of reasons. Number one is he's a child of God. You speak against him, you speak against God because he's a child of God. So first of all, I wouldn't want to talk against him because he's a child of God. And if I come against him, I'm coming against God. And I'll tell you another reason I'd be afraid to talk against him is because this man has done nothing but try to help me. I remember when we were going to Bible school, I needed somebody to drive the truck for me because I'm not real good at driving the big U-Hauls. And, and, and Russ here, he drove the truck for us down to Tulsa. Helped us load it and drove it. All I had to do was fly him back. So I bought him an airline ticket and flew him back. First time he ever flew on a plane. But you know what? It's dangerous enough to come against a child of God. But when you come against somebody that's tried to bless you, I don't know, I just, I just wouldn't be sleeping too good at night if I did that. How about you? Did you get what I just said? So don't talk against God's children. Particularly, don't talk against people. How can you talk against people that's helped you so much? How could I talk against Joyce Meyer? She put $35,000 in this ministry. And I never asked for a dime of it. When we were building this building, she put $35,000 into this building. She just drove by and felt like God wanted to put some money in here. Now, how could I talk bad against that ministry? Huh? Yet I know people again and again that, that folks will bless them and then they'll turn right around and stab them in the back. Now you know, they're, now, now I'm telling you, if I did that to somebody, I wouldn't sleep too good at night. Did you hear me? It's a dangerous thing to talk against God. It's a dangerous thing to talk against His servants. Now listen, dear friends, you all have better sense than that, don't you? How many's got better sense than, than, than that? Amen. Well, if you couldn't raise your hand on that, you need to repent. Did you hear me? Don't, I'm just warning you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Sometimes people say to me, Pastor Terry, don't you know what they said about you? I don't pay attention to it. Don't care. You mean you don't care? No, I don't care. Yeah, but they said so. I don't care. God will deal with them. Did you hear me? So be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Uh, just be watchful. Did you hear me? But the people spoke against God and against Moses. Now, a lot of times, preachers will get in the pulpit and they'll tell, oh, don't talk against me, don't talk against me because, you know, you come against me, you touch God's anointed and all that. I don't believe in scaring people. Can you say amen? Now, you do whatever you want. I just know that I'm not talking against people like Russ Melman. I'm not talking against any of you. If, if, if I'm in a, in, in a room and somebody comes up and they start talking bad about Ray, you know what I'll do? I'll say, I don't want to listen to that. Why don't we go get Ray? Let's go over to Ray. Let's go get Ray and get in YouTube. Whatever you have to say, whatever you have to say about Ray, uh, say it right in his presence. And those people again and again, it's like a towel gets stuck in their throat. Now I'll tell you something else while I'm on it. While I'm shucking the corn, I'll just shuck it right on out all the way. From this, from this time forward, if anybody ever comes to this church, and they've come from another church, 
and they come, they want to sit down with me and tell me how bad their former pastor was. The only way I'm going to listen to that is if their former pastor comes and sits right there in the meeting and then they can say whatever they want. Because I'm not sitting and listening to no more poison because the same thing they sat and told me about their former pastor, uh, years come and go, they turn right around and do it to me. Well, you learn some things as you go. Am I helping you all out any tonight? I'm not going to sit and listen. I know why the Holy Ghost has me on it now. You can be poisoned when you're sitting there listening to that stuff. I've been poisoned more than once. Now I finally have been poisoned enough that I'm not listening to... to, When people want to talk bad about people, I'm not listening to it. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Well, they want to come tell me how bad their former pastor was. Well, why don't we sit down with the pastor and let's hear his side of the story. Amen? Because you know what? I'm tired of being poisoned and I'm not letting no poison run through this place. Amen? And po- did you notice, did you ever notice poison really can't last around this joint too long? Why? Because we have the antidote of the power of God and the power of the Lord Jesus running through it, you see. And it counteracts that stuff and folks that won't repent of it, ultimately they have to go. Have you noticed the place has been, this place has been so full of the peace of God the last month that I can't tell you when the last time it's been that this place has had so much of the peace of God in it. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'm just looking for it to get more and more peaceful. Amen. Praise God. I've been sleeping better at night. Glory to God. The place is, the power of God is, it's been easier to minister. I'm just excited about what God's doing in this ministry. Amen. Praise God. But don't sit and listen to poison. And that's all you do when you sit and you listen. And did you know, yeah, I'll, the, the Spirit of God wants, I just felt on the inside, He wanted me to say this. You can get poisoned with emails. You better watch what you're reading. You don't have to gossip. You see, now the devil's got another way to spread gossip. Emails. Did you hear what I just said? It don't have to be the phone anymore. Emails. Watch those emails. Watch those emails. Every once in a while, somebody will forward one to me that, and they forwarded for they thought. And what they had been forwarded, you know, the thing had been forwarded about six times. And then it finally gets forwarded to me and there's something on the bottom where they was talking about me. <laughs> well, pastor, don't you call that person on the phone? Well, a couple of times I've been tempted to just forward it on and say thanks for your comments you know but but you see i i'm going to live above that i'm going to live above that junk and that po- it, junk's not the right word what's the right word it's poison did you hear me it's poison be careful you can get poison reading emails did you hear me holy ghost has i didn't have none of this in, any of this in my note watch those emails now be watchful but you know what? Jesus is the antidote, isn't he? He's the antidote to gossip. He's the antidote to any kind of poison, verbal. He's the antidote. Glory to God. 
See, haven't you heard me say I run with God, not with the devil? So you see, when you're, you know, one way you can run with the devil is run with the devil by listening to poison. I just don't like the way they do it over there at that church. I just don't like this. I just don't like, why don't you go start your, one of your own? Try it on for size sometime. <laughs> Get ready to have to believe God for a whole lot of money. You know, it's always amazing to me, people that haven't even built a chicken coop for God, they think they, they know how to run a church. <laughs> Why am I off on this? I don't know. Maybe somebody is listening by CD needs to hear it. Well, let me get back to the message. Do you still love me? Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Oh, I'd be afraid to talk against Moses, wouldn't you? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Well, it sure does beat starving, though, doesn't it? I'm learning in my life to find every... Like, I'd rather have that, that, that manna. You know manna means what is it? They got that, they got their answer, and, and then they said, what is it? You know, a lot of times God answers us, and we don't even know that, 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 that what the answer is. Is that right? How many of you know they were praying to get Peter out of jail? Is that right? And Peter's knocking on the door and they say, quit bothering us. We're praying to get Peter out of jail. Amen. Yeah, but he's standing at the door. No, no, that cat's his angel. That's not him. Now, is that right? Let's just be thankful for what we do. How many, how many you had, you, you had food today? You know, we're blessed. We're more blessed than a lot of people, aren't we? Aren't we? Huh? 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 Is that right? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, so on and so forth? So the Lord let, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. He sent them. Now, some people say he sent them. Some people say he allowed them. I said some people say he sent them. Some people say he allowed them. Now, you want to know the truth about the matter? I could go in there and I could argue either side of that coin. I could argue that, that, that they were talking bad about God and against Moses and God judged them and he sent the fiery serpents. I could argue that vehemently that God sent them in judgment. On the other side of the coin, I could argue and say that God wouldn't send snakes among his children. Would you send snakes among your children? No, you wouldn't do that. And I could argue that side of it and say it's, it wasn't the judgment of God. It was just the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. Well, I tell you what, you could argue either side effectively, whichever side you want to argue. If you want to argue it was the judgment of God or if you want to argue that it's the wages of sin, I got good news for you tonight, which either side you want to argue if it's a judgment of God Jesus Christ is the antidote for the judgment of God glory to God and if you want to argue it's the wages of sin Jesus Christ is the antidote for the wages of sin glory to God I'm about to blast off praise God amen glory to God so I'm not going to argue about which side is right. I'm going to just tell you the truth of the matter that Jesus Christ is the antidote. Bless God. Amen. Are you all right? You going to get excited with me or are you just going to stand there and watch? Some of you, one of you guys better get a fire extinguisher. Put me out. I'm about ready to catch on fire and be like Dick the Bruiser. Remember Dick the Bruiser? You don't have any, you, you don't have any culture, do you? Or do you? Dick the Bruiser. Remember he's a wrestler 
And he'd get, he'd get hot, and he'd go down and get the ring announcer's water, and he'd just dump it on his head. And then he'd go back in the ring and start beating people up, you see. Well, I'm ready to dump it on my head, and come back in the ring, and let's go for round. How many is ready for round two, bless God? <laughs> All right, so the serpents are in the camp. What did they do? They bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. Why? Because they were poisonous snakes. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against, and against you. Uh-oh. Well, they said, We've sinned. They realized that they shouldn't have spoken against the Lord. And against who? Against who? Don't talk against Moses. So they're repenting. That's good, isn't it? Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. You know, he's going to make it out of brass. Set it on a pole and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. See, that's an antidote, you see. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on the pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Glory to God. See, uh, that's, that bronze serpent was a, an antidote. And that was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. See, Jesus himself said that that was a type of what he was going to do himself. That's John three fourteen. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up see those people that were bitten in the wilderness you know they were poisoned with the poison of the serpents you know but Moses lifted up that serpent on a pole everybody that looked at it you know uh, that had been bitten they lived why because that that serpent was an antidote to the devil's poison to the poison of the snakes you see well bless God we've all been poisoned with sin and death, but Jesus came, he's lifted up on the pole, on the cross, how many's looked at him in faith, and you believed, I have, and so you see, his blood has counteracted the poison of sin, and now I'm set free, and I'm a child of God, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, can anybody say amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I've got the antidote. How about you? Glory to God. Yeah, I'm facing a giant tonight, Pastor. I've got the antidote. J-E-S-U-S. David faced a giant and he went down to the brook and he got five smooth stones. J-E-S-U-S. Praise God. Five, right? J-E-S-U-S. You're facing a giant. Run to Jesus. Bless God. Don't face that giant alone. Face that giant in the name of the Lord Jesus standing on your covenant. And that's your antidote. And the power of God will bring that giant down. It'll bring that cancer down. It'll bring that oppression down. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. I'm excited. Bless God. My best preaching days are ahead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Catch on fire and people come watch me burn. Amen. Devil's tried to burn this ministry down more than once. Every time he gets his own clothes caught on fire. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's close in Acts 28. You getting anything out of this? Praise God. Talking about Paul. Shipwrecked. He'd escaped. When they'd escaped, they then found out 
that the island was called Malta. Malta. Is that what your Bible says? And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was uh, falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and had laid them on the fire, a viper, a snake, poisonous snake, came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Somebody said one time, well, if Paul was really a man of God, and if he was really hooked into the Spirit of God, would the Spirit of God told him there was a snake in the sticks? <laughs> I feel sorry for people like that. God doesn't tell us men of God everything. But, he does, but I do have this one thing to tell you. He's not going to tell you everything either. But no matter what you come up against, maybe there is a snake in the sticks and you didn't know it was there, but no matter what you come up against, there's an antidote for it. Did you hear what I just said? Paul didn't know that snake was in there. But you're going to see he's got an antidote for it. So a viper came out because of the heat, fastened on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer who noticed the people. You know people, they've always got something to say. People's always, a lot of people, they've always got their mouths yapping, don't they? <laughs> so when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer whom, uh, though he's escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. <laughs> But he shook it off. You know this as well as I do. What did, he, what did he do real loud? With everything in you like you're saved. He what? Say shake it off. Shake it say it again. Shake it off. One more time. Shake it off. He shook the thing off, didn't he? I said he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. Now, remember Jesus said they'd take up serpents. Now, he wasn't talking about snake handling there. You bring a snake in here, I already told you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my wife get a garden hoe and kill it. You understand that. I'm not into snow snake handling, you see. I don't know where people get that. Just like you shouldn't go out. But he said, Jesus said, if they drink, eat or drink, you know, drink, drink, I guess it was, any deadly thing. Well, you got better sense than to go out and just get a bucket of poison and drink it, don't you? How many's got better sense than that? Amen. But you see, we have no precedent in Scripture for snake handling. We have no precedent in Scripture for uh, going out and drinking poison on purpose. But if you do go into a restaurant and you do get poisoned, well, call on the name of Jesus. And you get the doctors involved too, but call on the name of Jesus. We have no precedent for snake hand, but Paul got bit and Jesus said, in my name, they'll take up those serpents. If a serpent gets you by accident, you're walking through the woods. Yeah, use the doctors, but before you get to the doctors, you better be calling on that name. What's that name? Jesus. Did you hear me? And Paul, there's no doubt in my mind, because Jesus, he said it in, in Mark, the 16th chapter, I believe Paul shook that creature off in the fire in the name of Jesus. He shook it off in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's some people here tonight and people listening to this CD that you, you, need to, you need to shake some things off. You need to shake some things off. You need to shake... I mean, something's come up and has bit you. I don't mean a snake, literally, but something's come up and bit you. Sometimes we bite into things. Sometimes things bite into us. 
When things bite into us, it's the same antidote whether we bite into it or it bites into us. It's the same antidote. What I tell you what, if something's bit into you, bless God, have good enough sense, shake that thing off in the name of Jesus into the fire, bless God, and go right on serving God like you never skipped a beat. Can you say amen? Notice what Paul did. He shook it off into the fire. He suffered no harm, suffered no harm, suffered no harm, suffered no harm. I I just sense there's somebody listening to this that you've been bit, so to speak. You need to shake it off. And I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you that you're going to suffer no harm. It's going to look for a while like you are going to suffer some harm. But in the end, you'll suffer no harm. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Now look at verse 6. However, they were expecting that he would swell up... Or suddenly fall down dead. See, there's people think that 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 have thought over the years that something bad was going to happen to me, this, that, and the other. We're going just as strong as we ever have. We're getting stronger, bless God. And that's not just a statement of faith, that's a statement of fact. Did you hear me? Glory to God. They were gonna they thought he was gonna swell up, fall down dead, but after they had looked for a long time. People see, they'll look, they'll watch for a long time. They saw no harm come to him, and that's look at what these fickle people will do. They changed their minds and said, He's a what? <laughs> He's a God. Did you know people change change their mind quicker than you can change your socks? Is that right? I, I know I know it for a fact. There's been people that on Monday I was their best friend, and by by, by Friday they wouldn't speak to me anymore. I didn't I didn't do nothing wrong. I said, people change your mind on you. Did they change your mind on Paul? They changed your mind on Paul. They thought, oh, he's a murderer. Now he's a God. A lot of times it happens in reverse. They'll think well of you, and then, and then they'll change your mind. You know what? I've got better things to do than to be moved by mind changers. You know the Word of God hasn't changed. I've been around 46 years, and it's still the same as when I was born. I'm going to hang on to the Word of God. It doesn't matter what people think about you. The only thing that matters is what does God think about you. He thinks good of me and you. Did you know that? Why? Because we're His children. In that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the land whose name was Publius. I'm glad I'm not named Publius. People call me Pub for short. Who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of the fever and dysentery. You know what that means. Paul, see, Paul, maybe he ate something that was. Maybe he ate at one of them restaurants I've eaten at. Had dysentery. But Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his hands on him and healed him. The power of God healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. But that wouldn't happen if Paul wouldn't have shook it off. If something's bit into you and has poisoned you, bless God, shake the thing off, be like Paul, shake it off in faith, in the name of Jesus, and then rise back up and go right on helping people like Paul did. Can you say amen? Amen. Now I'm done, but I feel impressed of the Spirit of God to say this. There's somebody in this room tonight, seems like, that the only way I can, can describe it is this is, is you, you need to draw, you're dealing with a situation and you need to draw the line in the sand, so to speak. 
and you don't need to draw any more lines. You've already drawn a couple of lines, you know, that, that you, you'd made a stand, and this is where I'm going to stand, but then you've retreated some. And then I'm going to stand here, and then you've retreated some. I'm going to stand here, and then you've retreated some. No, 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 you don't need to retreat anymore. You need to stand your ground in the name of the Lord Jesus, and it'll look for a while like the enemy's going to huff and puff and blow you down, but all it is is huffing and puffing. And once he sees, did you know you can frustrate the devil? And once he sees that you mean business and you're not backing up anymore, but you're going to stand your ground, then he's going to go away and he won't trouble you any further. Did you hear that? Now, now, now you better listen to that. That's for somebody in this room here tonight. All right? Praise God. Ushers, come. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings.